So, I guess we can... Do you want to lead us in this time? Uh, now you got this. <laughs> uh, this could be in the this could be in the phone cut us talking like this <laughs> okay sounds great hello everyone uh welcome to the illumination cinema movie podcast i'm tyler and i'm chris and today we're talking about quentin tarantino movies yep we're gonna talk about reservoir dogs pulp fiction jackie brown Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, which would count as one movie. Yes. In Glorious Bastards. And Django Unchained. Um, so, like the last one, this will probably be cut into two parts. So, we'll probably only cover Reservoir Dogs to Jackie Brown in this one. Do we do we need an introduction here? Like, as, as to why we chose this topic? If you have an introduction, go ahead, yeah. Okay. Well, for starters, I should probably... Just just a blanket, sta- blanket statement for this whole podcast. Uh, Quentin Tarantino is my favorite director, so that's kind of one of the main reasons we moved forward with him so fast. And pretty much as soon as we finished watching Coen Brothers movies for the first two episodes, Chris had started marathoning <laughs> Quentin Tarantino movies. And I haven't stopped since. <laughs> <laughs> People uh, in my work can quote uh, Pulp Fiction now, I think. <laughs> Probably also uh, Kill Bill. <laughs> um, that's what I do sometimes. Chris. Yes. I guess, I guess before we start, we should probably say that you weren't the biggest fan of Tarantino before. Yeah, it's because like, the only thing I saw of him was like uh, were Pulp Fiction and... Um, what was the other one? Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. And from that, I guess I didn't, like, understand the style. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. I just was like, ah, it's not one of those kind of movie people. Like, you know, like Rodriguez and Tarantino got through in that little corner of, like, the weird films. Yeah. <laughs> the film, I mean, they, they're still in the corner, by the way, that weird filmmaking corner. But yes, I guess, like, I watched I watched Kill Bill. I loved Kill Bill so much. I was like, okay, I'm going to give this guy another chance. And so then I watched um, Django. Mm-hmm. And I watch Reservoir Dogs, yeah. So, so we'll, I was like, we'll, "This guy's pretty good." Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll so, uh, yeah. get more into all of those as we go along. Yeah. So I think we're ready to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna start oh, off. I should, I should real fast, real fast. I will say so that Tarantino has one distinction, which is that if you do a poll, I forgot what who did the poll, but the poll stated that the most influential filmmaker in universities right now. Oh. Is Tarantino? Oh, definitely. Second place is Spielberg. Mm-hmm. So before uh, Tarantino, Tarantino came along, it probably would have been Spielberg. Oh yeah, number one. Him, Hitchcock, any of those people like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's mm. it's probably just that sort of high school dropout guy gets gets a film career. That's probably mm-hmm. I, I think what regular people kind of see in him, but. You know what? What I'm about to get into, I'll probably get into like at the very end. So, mm-hmm. all right. You have, you have anything else to say? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think let's just go and get into it and see uh, what happens. All right. Reservoir Dogs. Oh, it's a great movie. <laughs> a little backstory behind Reservoir Dogs. Okay. It's um, it's Quentin Tarantino's first finished feature film that. I think it was it was in Sundance, if I'm 
not mistaken. You, you could actually argue, though, that his last film was kind of finished, but got burnt in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think that, like, he saw the film and it was like, this film was <laughs> Have, you, have you ever seen <laughs> My Best Friend's Birthday? What's I have not seen it, it actually. You shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a huge Tarantino fan, and I would not recommend <laughs> My Best Friend's Birthday. Uh that's funny. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it was a it was in Sundance and it was a smash hit and it it kind of cemented not not cemented but like propelled. Yeah, propelled him sort of into this national stage which pulp fiction would later cement him in as this one of one of the great current directors. Get the uh, pronouns out of the way. Let's continue. <laughs> yes. So, mm-hmm. Reservoir Dogs. I uh it, it's a it's very great yeah uh, i thought you said you didn't you didn't uh, like it that much comparison to other ones though yeah i definitely what what i would say about reservoir dogs it, it, is it's probably his most immature film and when i <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> um have you seen the ending of the glorious bastards <laughs> no like and i i know i'm gonna have to explain myself when i say that you're going to go ahead okay so away. <laughs> i i think that both both pulp fiction and reservoir dogs have been like are praised for their dialogue right oh yeah. and how they're like it, it's Mostly because it's it's criminals talking about, you know, like pop, pop culture things. But I, I really feel like listening to the dialogue in Reservoir Dogs, and then I I know almost every line of Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and and by the way, audience, he knows every line from Pulp Fiction. Because now I'm going to start learning all the lines from Pulp Fiction. This guy he keeps talking about the stupid lines from there we, chris and i'll be in the middle of a conversation he'll start quoting something from the movie and then i'll quote the rest of the scene and i just sit there for about five hours listening to his renditions of pulp fiction <laughs> chris chris just sits there for 90 minutes as i recite the rest of the movie including the soundtrack with his pop culture references he he seems to th- this is this is quentin's look what i know film D- did you get that sense at all like no, because okay, like if you if you watch it again, which I, I'm guessing you probably will many times, <laughs> um, like yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch it again, keep in mind, like he's he's gonna like I, I can just imagine him sitting there writing it, like yeah, I'm gonna reference films that no one's ever heard of. All right, yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> it's gonna be great. Like the the guys will be talking about these movies, and it's like, oh yeah, Quentin. <laughs> like, oh, I've never like, heard you, of that. I, th- I think you're referring to the beginning part of the movie, especially where they're sitting there talking about um, Madonna. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, like he just, he just references like all like, the, the the characters talk about all these all these movies that like the average person wouldn't know about, and it's like. You know, I, I I get it. Like, it's fine that they're talking about them, but like, I mean, it, they're, they're clearly films. Like, and it's all of the characters too. They're all talking about these sort of like obscure, like Italian films, and it's like this is just clearly Quentin going, "Look what I know." No, you know what? I I can excuse him because talk about movies. A movie right here, like where it's much written about like what they know or whatever it's mm-hmm. how much i know if you watch citizen kane it's basically just a movie about what this guy knows how to do with the camera yeah and so for me i can i can excuse anybody now because it's so like 
overt because I mean, it was so overt and like it's like oh I'm so awesome look at me mm-hmm. that I can now excuse any movie that has that has that same kind of issue yeah <laughs> nothing is nothing is as bad as that and it's <laughs> even even that little minor issue with it I still love the movie like it, it doesn't bog down the movie for me at all but I yeah. I kind of just sit there and like think of like on a personal level like I can I can see Quentin doing that. Mm. And, like, you can definitely tell, like, even by Pulp Fiction. I mean, he still does it in Pulp Fiction. He does it in all of his movies. But he definitely matured after Reservoir Dogs. This movie, the I was introduced to this movie, basically. And the description of this was, it's a messed up movie, and you're going to feel messed up after watching it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, like, watching this movie, and I'm like, this doesn't feel that messed up. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm talking about right now, right? Don't you? The messed up part of the movie? Yep. <laughs> There's a part in there where um, Mr. Uh, oh, uh, pause real quick. Um, oh. Just in case you don't know already, these podcasts have spoilers. So spoiler warning from here on out. As I was saying, Mr. Blonde, who is played by um, Michael Madsen. Yep. Michael Madsen decides that he just for, you know, the thrill of it. decides to torture this one cop. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, you know. At first, like he, what he like slashes him, with like uh, he kind of cuts him with a straight laser, mm-hmm. and then he does a thing that's horrific <laughs> to watch. So heinous, <laughs> where he decides to cut off the guy's ear. Yeah, and then he goes, "Hello, can you hear me?" Or <laughs> yes! <into> the ear. <laughs> well, the, 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 what and do I, I watch this movie, and I'm just like, "Oh, that's okay." That's the part. <laughs> and then he gets doused, like just, like, just like. Don't be the guy with gasoline. Like, just gasoline just being poured all over the guy. Meanwhile, you got <laughs> stuck in the middle with you playing in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Like, the and, funny and, thing and, about that scene, though, like, and people's react, like, is not, like, you know, and I mean, this was just 1992. Yeah. Like, but, like, pe- people weren't used to that sort of, like, really dark humor. And, like, I mean, it wasn't even really when, – when you look at the scene and look at how it's shot, he, like, you don't even – like, the camera goes away when you when he cuts off the ear. But yet it still has that impact. Oh, yeah. Well, it even shows, like, that, that empty slot where the ear was at. Oh, oh like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, you know – oh, God, I, I, I can't I, – well, I, by the way, we, we missed a, the, uh, the important part was that three to five – whatever – a couple yards away or whatever it was, three or four yards away, is Tim Roth's character. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Orange, just bleeding out. Yeah. And apparently, like, on set, they had, like, this, like, uh, doctor person who was there, like, kept making sure that the blood that was coming out of him was, like, at the appropriate amount. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, the appropriate amount, like, is in, like, somebody getting, like, you know, like, getting drained of all their blood. Because <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you, if I bled out that much right there, I would have died, like, three hours before that or something. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, he's like just bleeding out on a couple feet away and while um, Mr. Blonde is like dousing the gasoline and I'm just like, this is like the greatest imagery right here. <laughs> I know, right? And like, I, I've seen Reservoir Dogs so many times and yet mm-hmm. like, I, I rewatched almost all of the films um, for the podcast and... It's it's still so intense. <laughs> it's, oh yeah, yeah. And like, 
And then, like it's it's so intense. And then he starts talking into the fucking ear. <laughs> Yes. No, the thing about this movie is like um, Harvey Keitel mm-hmm. and Steve Buscemi, like just like them talking back and forth. Oh yeah, like arguing back and forth about stuff. It's like, God, that was so good. Like that's I get that's why Steve is like was like in all these different Tarantino and different like Rodriguez movies because he's like a very very good actor. Mm-hmm. He's very very odd. And he's like perfect for uh, Mr. Uh, Pink. Yeah. He's he is exceptional for Mr. Pink. Apparently, Tarantino wanted to be Mr. Pink, and then like Steve mm-hmm. uh, Buscemi like came up there and was like, "I'm gonna do better than than you." And, like he obviously obviously he did. Yes, yeah. Tarantino was like what Mr. Um, uh, Mr. Brown. Uh, oh, that's right, because the poop. <laughs> it's kind of like Mr. Shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> By the way, you can't tell uh, Tyler loves doing uh, Tarantino impressions. <laughs> I hope, like, I hope Quentin Tarantino never listens to this podcast <laughs> because I just called him immature and I do bad impressions of him. Anyway. I remember like one of the first times he did like the uh the impression of him and I'm like, that can't be that guy's voice. <laughs> oh <laughs> Well there's a thing about Twitten. I don't I don't really like going off with your reservoir dogs for a second. If you ever watch God, that watch guy's him, a character in like, in like an interview. Is he on cocaine? I don't. I go want to make a. I don't want to make like, you know, rumors about him. But like, he moves around like all. I can't do this on a podcast. Again. Like, this is all audio. But like, yeah. visually, I'm like moving around a whole bunch. Like, yeah. just like, ah, dude. Yeah, the, the guy is Stop. in constant motion. Stop moving. He talks super fast. But the thing about that though is that like, I. I mean, I talk super fast too. Mm-hmm. I have that same issue. But he's actually understandable. <laughs> and also, he like has like the excitement that i love oh it's yeah. like you can tell that he just loves what he's doing so mm-hmm. much and that like the fact that he came out and said that like like you know 10 films sounds about right or whatever mm-hmm. for him that that is totally respectable totally mm-hmm. respectable right there like knowing that you have a limit and that you should like reach the limit and stop is great oh, yeah it's it's you all know? about like the filmography to him which mm-hmm. is and if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, um, Quentin has said basically that he's, and th- this could totally change. He, he doesn't exactly always keep to his word on things, but um, but he he said that like he he's probably only going to do ten films, and then he'll retire, and he'll only do like ten movies, but he'll keep like writing. He's talked about like how he's going to keep writing like material about film i don't i, I don't know if he said he'd still do he said, like he says about writing books yeah uh, like novels yeah which is kind of cool that's cool you know i, I mean i would love to <laughs> read a novel <laughs> i would bury myself in <laughs> novels by quentin tarantino yeah um but you mentioned um some of the acting in this movie and i think oh yeah yeah buscemi Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Roth, Harvey Keitel, Michael Madsen, they're all fantastic. Oh yeah. They're yeah. they're so great. I, I love I love the love the uh uh part where Tarantino is like <laughs> blood's like draining to his eyes and I can't see. He's like he's in like the front trying to drive or whatever, uh-huh. and you're like Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Which by the way, we're gonna need to come back to that yes. sort of thing in Django. <laughs> <laughs> So, if uh, you want to go first, I guess if you have like a piece of trivia that you want to go first on, and 
Okay. I'll uh, follow up with you. Do we, ha- <laughs> do we have anything else to say about the movie in general first? Not anything that doesn't go into my trivia. So. Um, well, okay. So I, I a couple things I want to say. This movie has a great soundtrack, as, as with pretty much all the others. H- Harvey Keitel is practically the reason the movie exists um because well, pretty... in, in the form it's in yeah yeah um so that was a great move on his part which if you don't know what we're talking about um originally tarantino had planned to like shoot it on like a 30 40 30 thousand dollars mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like Keitel got the script uh, from somebody i've got like how th- that all happened i think it's like lawrence bender had uh knew somebody who had an acting teacher who was friends with harvey Keitel. yeah which is like a great um coincidence yeah pretty much it's and i guess like Keitel got it and was like oh this looks this is great i want to like produce this thing so here's like my resources and got to like i think it was like the budget it's like over, it was a little over a million dollars. Yeah. Let's see here on the Wikipedia page. It says 1.2? 1.5? That's yeah. Not, yeah, it's like either 1.2 or 1.5. That's cool. But yeah, and um, I'd also say, like, my other, my only other, like, minor, minor issue with the movie is I think it's, it, it's not badly paced, but it drags a little bit at points. Speaking of dragging, no, it's not gonna be my. That's uh, gonna be my um, uh, my segue to Pulp Fiction. But I actually realize I have a couple uh, <laughs> trivia things. <laughs> by the way, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and preface this by saying I have unpopular opinions. I'm 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 curious as to what it is because he hasn't told me about it yet. My trivia though for Reservoir Dogs would be that the first draft was written in three and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. If you've never written a feature film. Three and a half weeks is extreme. I wrote like one act of a script in one of my classes. Mm-hmm. It took me a whole week to write the whole thing, and like it was just like this, this stressful writing. Like as a writer, I usually write like a page or so a day, and so you'd write thirty pages essentially a day. And this man, I think it was like what four, four hours worth of. <laughs> I guess it was like about four hours worth of script he wrote. It's like probably. How did you write that? <laughs> it's the only guy I did, man. Yeah. And according to the trivia on INDB, oh, George Clooney, I, yeah, that's right. I, I got this going on here. George Clooney read for Mr. Blonde, mm. but was turned down. It's like, oh. I'm okay with that. As good as Michael Madsen is, I am a huge fan of Clooney, and so I like both choices. <laughs> Let's have them just both play it. You know, <laughs> they'll just switch out every once in a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, Michael Madsen's character kind of will lead us into the no, next movie. No, hold on. We, you forgot the body count. Okay, well, the body count is at 11 in Reservoir Dogs. Mm. All by gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes yep. sense. Um, yep. And then I, uh, Chris has all the body counts for each of these movies. Yep. Um, I took it upon myself to get a count of all the times they said fuck in the movies. Um, yeah, the word fuck is only said <laughs> is only said 272 times in Reservoir Dogs. That's not that much. I, I've watched Phone Booth. <laughs> like that way more. 
Did you ever watch that movie? No. That movie was like every single sentence had that word in it. It's just like, all right. <laughs> you can calm yourself down. <laughs> calm down, bro. Yeah. All right. Um, I guess we're probably wrapped up on Reservoir Dogs. Yep. So after two failed sequences. <laughs> <laughs> it's your fault, Chris. Shut up. Let's go to Pulp Fiction, yes. which I will actually let you take the reins on this one. Because oh. I'll do that for the, for the last half. Pulp Fiction is a fantastic movie. Um, it would make a great short film. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, continue. Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler's very abusive. Okay, shit. Much like Reservoir Dogs... I'd say mm-hmm. that this this movie has a really great cast of um, Bruce Willis, John Travolta, Lawrence Fishburne, and Uma Thurman. <laughs> so, do you have anything to say about the movie, Chris? If you took the beginning of the movie, mm-hmm. the diner, yeah, you took the part where it's Vincent Vega and Marcel Wallace's wife. Mm-hmm. And you skip the part where Marcellus Wallace's wife and Vega are together. <laughs> and you go to the gold watch part. The Christopher Walken part. Mm-hmm. And then you skip the gold watch part. And you go to the Bonnie situation and the epilogue diner. It's a great movie. Okay. Do you think I don't like... Actually, no, no. The gold watch part's fine, actually, though, with uh, Bruce Willis and... Um, uh, God, what's the guy's name? What's the du- the big dude? Bing um, Rames? Uh, Bing Rames, yeah. It's fine. The part that I like... <laughs> Is the entire section with um, uh, John Travolta and Uma Thurman. Really? Uma Thurman's great. But John Travolta is such a terrible actor. I'm sorry. He's he's not terrible in this. He's, he, he's a terrible actor, yeah. but he's under good direction. I think you I think this is just like yeah. a Walking Phoenix thing where you're gonna hate him no matter what. No, 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 no. That's not true whatsoever. I will think of a movie that I'd like him in, and I will tell you about it soon. <laughs> I I feel like he plays his character very well in this movie. Grease. Grease is a movie you like. He's good in it. I haven't I haven't seen it since like sixth grade. Oh, and uh, um, what was that stupid movie? Don't you dare say Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> All right, so Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Starting a fever, actually. I like that movie. It's just like I don't know his character. Maybe it was maybe it was the character. Mm. His character is just so boring to me, and just like he he uh, is probably the least interesting character. Uma Thurman was terrific. I I I think she's a great actress. See, like that that part is what that that's why I don't understand why you would cut that like cut that part out because like Uma Thurman's like, uh, so great. What's well, like? Part of it, beginning of it, it's like kind of boring. I think once it gets into like the uh, dancing, that's fun. That's that's a, that's a fun part oh, right there. Oh god, the and whole then, thing like, is so great. <laughs> and then it gets like the drug part. It's like a little boring. All of a sudden, like when she has like her, um, when she like ODs, that's a lot of fun to watch. That's funny. Because like, they're trying to like figure out like. <laughs> you stab her three it. times? No, you don't stab her three times. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that was great. And then it's like, uh, we kind of, the very end. But then, then you cut to the greatest scene in the movie. Well, it's 
third greatest scene in the movie was Christopher Walken. (laughs) (laughs) Your father wore this watch for five years in his ass. (laughs) Oh, God. Great movie. Uh, I love Pulp Fiction. Just just like there's like three parts and I just can't stand. All the rest of it's terrific. So, okay. So it's... Um, Overall, a terrific movie. Like, okay, no, 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 no. Here, here's, what, here's what I'm asking. So, okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the other two parts because you have uh, John Travolta taking out uh, Mia Wallace, and yeah. then what else? And then, like, I don't know, like, it's like the scene like where Irving Green is about to be like uh, sodomized. It just was like, I don't care about this character. Mm, I I see. I I just I was like I was like oh I, just I, I think it's character. more about. Um, yeah. Bruce Willis making the decision to do that. To, to, I mean, to, <laughs> if someone didn't know what's, what happened in the scene, making the decision to sodomize Bing Rings. <laughs> he was that, just that like, I would watch. I would love that. That's great. It's a great scene. <laughs> you, you know, I think I'm going to do this. And then he whipped out his cock. Oh, so, yeah, God. what was what was the other part, though? Um, Well, there's the the little bits, just like the little bits and pieces from the uh, Vega and Marcellus's wife, and then the that part, this that little bit right there from uh, the Gold Watch. Mm. I think I think this was fine. I think it was great. Should we talk about like a favorite parts of the movie, or talk about like you know? We probably have the same favorite part. We go ahead. Everybody, of course, obviously says Samuel L. Jackson, mm-hmm. <laughs> where he gives like that entire speech. However, there's a part in the movie where Tarantino shows up. <laughs> yes. I don't need you to tell me how good my coffee is, all right? <laughs> and it's like the only film like he's in where he doesn't die. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's, um, Jackie like, Brownie's the answering machine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Which okay. he's probably the worst answering machine. <laughs> Again, if you're listening, Quentin, I'm so sorry, but... Okay, but we're not on Jackie Brown yet, which, oh god, we're just starting in my unpopular opinions. <laughs> okay, um, no, that, that, where Tarantino shows up in the body situation is probably... <laughs> my, yeah, the, where the wolf shows up is my favorite. Yeah, I love the fact that the wolf, who is, uh, played Harvey by... Cartel. I like the fact that he's, like, totally nice to tarantino's character yeah and he's <laughs> like he's like so polite he's taking him. no shit from sam jackson or john travolta <laughs> like jimmy he's so nice to him thank you jimmy yeah you're welcome mr wolf it's like oh so nice oh, god and like the scene like we're uh <laughs> pretty pretty like, with sugar on top clean the fucking car <laughs> I'm to, let's do that one let's say that but um kaitel is a great actor oh, he's and, so um, great i love the fact that also like you can tell who Tarantino really, really loves working with. Mm-hmm. It's like Kytel shows up a couple times in his movies. Tim Roth shows up a few times, you know, and so it's like, you know, that they like working together mm-hmm. at least. That's uh, good. Did you, did you love the part? You, you've got to love this part in the, uh, uh, Vega Mia Wallace scene where Steve Buscemi shows up as a waiter. Why am I drawing a blank? He um he's yeah he's Buddy Holly. Oh, you you okay. don't you you don't recognize oh. him in the role, but it's him. Oh, <laughs> it's it's funny. hilarious because he doesn't tip as Mister Pink. 
<laughs> I didn't think about that actually. I didn't realize he was in. Yeah, that's really him. Yeah, it's him. Oh, if you look like, because I, 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 need to, like, I always forgot again. every time I watched it. But then, like, you just listen to his voice, and you can tell, holy shit, that's Steve oh, Buscemi. Okay, I need to uh, remember that. One thing about this movie also is like, it's probably hailed as like one of the greatest films of all time, mm-hmm. and especially like for influencing filmmakers. Oh, definitely. And this is why is that like this film was? Uh, I forgot what, what number it was now. The list of like the best films of all time or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Entertainment Entertainment Weekly. That's what I was thinking of. Mm. Instead, but like any like college campus you go on to, people are like, oh, it's Pulp Fiction, best movie ever. Mm-hmm. Like I said, like, I was thinking about Tarantino being like it's such an influential director. Yeah, it's because of Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction. I think are the two biggest Definitely. reasons why people are like, oh, he's like so influential, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I understand that because it's actually it it's it's a fantastic movie for the most part. <laughs> If John Travolta wasn't playing that role, would you? Do you think he would have liked it better? Um, yeah, probably. Because but that like, that whole like. That, however, however, the in defense of John Travolta, the part where he shoots Marvin, and he says the line, "Oh man, I just shot Marvin in the face," <laughs> makes me laugh so hard. As I can't tell if it's like. Like the pacifism of like the that passive the uh, passiveness. He's just so of the character nonchalant like, oh. about it. <laughs> the nonchalant is like it's like it was like so good. I can forgive everything else because of that part. Yeah, and I, I think I already told you that um, the guy playing Marvin is uh, Phil Lamar, who voices Samurai Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a great, <laughs> great influence on Tyler and Mai's uh, life. Yes. <laughs> I, that's for much later podcast unfortunately <laughs> yes um that'll be talked uh. about eventually one one funny thing like there's there's a lot of um people kind of go outside the movie with um sort of their thought like a lot of people like, go to the the briefcase and like there's a whole bunch of theories surrounding that and i di- yeah. i dismiss all of that because i don't uh i have a spoiler for you it's a light bulb yes <laughs> um but one thing that's really great and like Tarantino. No, it's literally a light bulb in there. I'm not kidding. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> okay. There's a picture of like the actual briefcase, like with the light bulb in. <laughs> yes, <it. laughs> I love like, that picture. Because like the uh, the picture I, I first saw was like it was tagged, not tagged. Uh, had the headline was like, "What's really in the briefcase?" <laughs> I uh, like, yeah, oh. I love that because like I I hate that sort of thing in movies, and I and but uh, one thing that Tarantino has like. Uh, sort of confirmed is that uh, Butch is the one who keyed Vince's, Vince's car. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's amazing. <laughs> Actually, I, I don't have any uh, any trivia. I'd kind of give you the trivia on this one, by the way. In case you're wondering. Mm. As far as like trivia notes. Yeah. Do you have yeah. a body count for it? I do. Take a guess. I don't know. Just like on um, like just you know just I'm trying to think of people up. who I um there's a lot ten Not really actually no it's it's somewhere between like seven and ten it's seven ah that's right yep seven people died because people in the apartment mm-hmm. and then the uh, creepy sodomizing people <laughs> Zed the Gimp and yeah. whoever else uh, yeah. the pawn shop owner. Uh, Marvin. Marvin. 
Sam, J- um, not oh God, not Sam Jackson, uh, John Travolta. <laughs> We've hardly yeah. praised Sam Jackson enough. <laughs> He's so oh, great. Yeah. That's right. Which, of course, I guess we should talk about like the uh, the fact that that whole speech is basically like one of the most quoted, mm. like uh, not the uh, most quoted. Sorry, one of the top quotes of all time. Yes. If you like look at any um, any like those like top. 100 quotes of all time mm-hmm. it's like right there that monologue is so amazing he's because we we said that the wolf scene is the best scene but that's definitely the runner-up and i think samuel L. jackson's the best character in the movie oh yeah I, i've always said that like if you just took the scene the scenes with samuel L. jackson in it yeah and slap them together it'd probably still be one of the best short films of all time mm-hmm. so it's just so good um one thing, another another little kind of a piece of ter- trivia for Reservoir Dogs. Uh, Samuel Jackson auditioned for Reservoir Dogs and didn't get a part. So he talked to Quentin at a, at a festival somewhere and Quentin made sure to write Jules's character for Sam Jackson. And he's been in every movie since, I'm pretty sure. Um, probably. Oh, maybe not Death Proof forgot about that oh yeah it would be death proof but yeah let's get the death count so so we'll just oh and to... i i forgot the the fuck count for this movie mm-hmm. is 265 wow that's actually not that bad mm-hmm. i thought it'd be way worse they than get, that, i think they get less and less does it really yeah yeah well except for <laughs> jackie brown probably does it actually does that one have more or is it reservoir dogs has more uh, Reservoir Dogs has more. They, the the oh, the count the count's gonna go down. Okay, but the uh, the number's still like, high. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, so uh, I'm trying to think of anything else for Pulp Fiction that we'll talk about. It's I don't know. It, I, it's one of my favorite movies, but I have a hard time talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it totally deserved like all the money it made, all the mm-hmm. all the awards it made, all that stuff. Just like. Essentially, all, everything I'll say about this movie is just going to be gushing over scenes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, I guess we can probably move on to uh, Jackie Brown. Okay, motherfucker, why don't you like this movie? <laughs> God. It's because, what's her name, Pam? Pam Greer. Uh, Greer, is that how you say it? Yeah. That's Greer. Greer, okay. Is not a good actress to me. I just can't stand her in this movie because she sucks really she just sucks so much (laughs) everybody else's movie is so good and every time it goes back to her i'm like this is so boring you know it's a great actor uh robert uh uh for uh oh god forrester is that his last name forrester yeah yeah he's so good in this it's like whenever he's in the scene it's fine but (laughs) it's like her talking i'm like oh, i don't you, care you know a problem i have with robert forrester what? <laughs> whenever he he shows up in something i always think his name is max cherry <laughs> which is his name in the movie yeah <laughs> i was like what the heck okay but like honestly this sounds horrible but like i wanted her to die in this movie <laughs> so i have to listen to her like just not her like actual person but like the character Jackie Brown just to die. Because so I was like, I can't stand. I don't get it, man. I just, I can't stand her. Like, like and I never... don't think you have an unpopular opinion. I, I think most people don't like this movie. Um, And I, and I think it's mostly because they were thinking of it as a 
follow up to Pulp Fiction. Well, that's like, I, that's things like I, I actually, I actually like a lot of like black exploitation films. At least the ones I've seen, I actually like them. Mm-hmm. It sounds kind of weird, but I actually liked the Shaft movie with uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson. You know what? Have, actually... have I forced you to watch Dolomite yet? No, I haven't watched it yet, and I'm going to eventually. <laughs> that or like you know, you watch um, Bla- uh, Black Dynamite. Oh God, I haven't seen it yet, and I want to. <laughs> you know, th- those are fun movies. Yes, they're always fun, and this is fun until you have her on screen. <laughs> I I guess I can see what you're talking. I don't agree with you, but um, yeah. I I can see what you're talking about. It, the, the scenes definitely slow down a lot when it's centered around Jackie. You know, you know who is a great actress in this though. Um, oh, what's her name? Bridget Fonda. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all, because... all she has to do is, is sit around and act high. <laughs> <laughs> because she does such a great job that when Robert uh, De Niro goes ahead and just shoots her, yes. I applauded. <laughs> Not because of the fact that like. Not because she's a, she's a bad actress. Because she was so good at this part. Yeah. That it was so, like... Oh, it's God. so satisfying. <laughs> it's just, yes. Because she's just, like, bitching him out. It's fantastic. He just yeah. fucking shoots her in the parking lot. Yep. And it's like, this is so great. <laughs> uh, like, that's that's probably... By the way, that's my favorite scene in the movie. <laughs> I also love that he's, like, nonchalant about it as well. Yeah, <laughs> He doesn't care. He just shoots her and drives away. Yes. You know, oh, you know, actually, who was uh, actually a huge surprise me in the movie was um, Michael Keaton. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I was expecting Michael Keaton to show up. I was like, wow, Michael Keaton's movie. That's kind of cool. Michael Keaton's a fun guy. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't watched him, anything else except for like the Batman movies, you can watch like him and uh, Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> That's a that's a great movie. That's a, actually that movie right there was the reason why people like kept talking about like how they don't want they don't want Michael Keaton to be Batman. Mm-hmm. It's like oh this guy like does comedy movies or yeah. blah blah. <laughs> Clearly can do Batman. It also he very much do uh, very obviously can do this role as well. Because yes. I, I I liked him in this. You know, yeah, Chris fantastic. Tucker was in it. And yeah, was this the first time? Because I know like, uh, Quentin casts comedians in a lot of his movies. Mm-hmm. And I, was this the first? Especially, time especially has like very serious roles too. Yeah, yeah, a crazy thing. Um, skipping ahead a little bit, Jonah Hill is in uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, as a as a role that got cut down, but we'll get, we'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah. I think who else is in this movie that was like, oh, this guy's in this movie. This this, um, this movie had a lot of great performances, and it, it's so weird to like when you think back to like think that these people worked with Quentin Tarantino, and you kind of forget about it. This is yeah. the movie that everyone forgets about. Yeah, pretty much. I think that just because it's like, it's probably not his best work. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, I break this with uh, uh, Death Proof. Have you seen Death Proof yet? I have seen Death Proof, actually. Okay, good. I finally saw it. I was like, I gotta see this movie now. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta sit through it at least once. I think that, like, Death Proof just was kind of a rush job. Yeah. Oh, I definitely. I thought, I thought we, we jumped to Death Proof for a second there. Like, it felt like it was just kind of a rush job. And that's why, like, messing with Jackie Brown kind of felt like a rush job as well. Mm-hmm. Death Proof feels like a first draft. Mm. This one didn't like feel like it was a first draft. It's like, I feel like it was like a, it was a miscast for the main character. I. It, it was also it's it's just a very different movie for him. 
this was his first and only adaptation. So that's an interesting thing. This was an adaptation? Yeah, it's an adaptation of a book. I'm sure he took a lot of liberties with it, but... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the I think the main character was a a man. Oh, it was called a it was called a rum punch. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Okay. Oh, another uh, fun piece of trivia. Actually, a couple. The casting director for this movie is named Jackie Brown. <laughs> Spelled differently. <laughs> is that why they got the role? Oh, not role. I mean the uh, the uh, the, the job. job. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she, she she was probably um in charge of casting Pam Greer. <laughs> uh, maybe. You, um, you would have fired her. Um another probably. fun piece of trivia. Um when Max is exiting the theater, you can hear the end credits uh the the music from the end credits playing. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's my opinion on this movie that's probably about all i got but i don't have a lot for this one this one's kind of yeah how many on-screen deaths chris oh you wouldn't believe it it's only four yeah that makes yeah. I, I knew it wasn't gonna be a lot and since we talked about death proof i'll go and tell you i had uh six yes <laughs> we're gonna have so. to label this one as jackie brown slash death proof uh, do you have anything about Death Proof you want to talk about? It's very slow, and I'll, I'll probably watch it again at some point, but yeah, it's you have to sit through it. Yeah, it, it's not. I mean, it's not like it's a long movie either. So yeah. it's not like, but it feels long. Yeah, Kurt. I mean, it will. Like and you know what it so. is? It's because it builds up and then pays off, and then has to do it again. Oh yeah. So okay. total number of fucks in this movie. 131. Huh. He dropped by okay. like 100. Wow, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Anyway, guys, that's the end of the first part. We will talk about Kill Bill, Inglorious Bastards, and Django Unchained in part two. So, uh, catch you next time on the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. for listening to the Illumination Cinema Movie Podcast. Be sure to leave your correspondence and subscribe for more. For updates on this show and our other projects, check out IlluminationCinema.com. 